Section 5 of the American Book of the Dog. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The American Book of the Dog, G. O. Shields, Editor, Section 5, The Pointer, Part 1, by Charles K. Westbrook, A. M. Historiography. The exact origin of this beautiful and useful branch of the canine family, as well as that of many other varieties, cannot be definitely stated. The great naturalist Buffon was of the opinion that all the different species of dogs derived their origin from the shepherd's dog, and while it is perhaps inappropriate to discuss this question here, it may be remarked, en passant, that such an assumption may possibly be the correct one. It would appear quite natural that in those early pastoral days that marked the dawning era of civilization and human development, as the shepherd reclined along the borders of the forests, which, like a mighty framework, enclosed the feeding grounds of his flock, some specimens of the wild dog should find their way to his side, and by kind treatment and gradual domestication become subordinated to his purposes." Gradually, under the influences operating upon the animal, through domestication, climate, variety of food, and other effective causes, his form, habits, and inherited instincts may have become changed, and by an occasional cross with another branch of the family, similarly produced, it is possible to conceive that the theory of Buffon may be approximately correct." The well-known susceptibility of the dog to variations in breeding is also a confirmation of the theory, and it is easy to account for the changes in his instincts, as now manifested, on the theory that these have become fixed and confirmed in each variety by the uses to which they have been severally devoted. However this may be, the history of the world from the very earliest period informs us of the existence of the dog as a companion and associate of man. On ancient Egyptian monuments is often seen the figure of an animal, very much resembling the pointer of today, and other ancient works of art, both of sculpture and painting, as well as family records, justify the belief that the dog, in a domesticated state, was contemporaneous with the very dawn of civilization itself. Regarding the origin of the pointer, much conjecture has been indulged in by various writers on the dog. No two of the early authors seem to agree entirely as to the precise period when the pointer came into existence as such, with all his wonderful instincts and capabilities fully developed. We must probably seek for that period in those misty ages of tradition and uncertainty that mark the origin of our common law, and which Blackstone designates as the time whereof the memory of man runneth not to the contrary. The earliest printed work in the English language describing the various breeds of dogs was a Book of Field Sports, written by Dame Juliana Berners, prioress of Sopwell Nunnery, in Hertfordshire, about the end of the 14th century. In this work, the lady says, quote, These been the names of hounds. First there is a greyhound, a bastard, a mangrel, a mastiff, a lemur, a spaniel, rashes, Canetis, terriers, butchers' hounds, dunghill dogs, trendle tallies, 
and pike-yard curries, and small ladies' puppies that bear away de fleas. The next work, in point of antiquity, referring to the same subject, was by Dr. John Caius, physician to Queen Elizabeth, published in Latin in 1576, and subsequently translated into English. The classification of dogs in this treatise was into three varieties, viz. 1. A gentle kind, serving the game. 2. A homely kind, apt for sundry necessary uses. 3. A currish kind, meet for many toys. The first of these classes is divided by Dr. Caius into two parts, viz. Vanatici, used for hunting wild beasts, and Occupatori, which were employed in the pursuit of fowl. The Venatici were further subdivided into eight varieties, namely Leverarius or Harriers, Terrarius or Terriers, Sanguinarius or Bloodhounds, Agassius or Gashounds, Leparasius or Greyhounds, Laurarius or Lemur, Vertigus or Tumbler, and Canis Furax or Stealer. The dogs used for fowling, or acupatory, were divided into two classes, viz. Index, or Setter, and Aquaticus, or Spaniel, probably drawing a distinction between the land and water Spaniel. In these ancient treatises we find no mention made of the pointer by name, and for that reason many writers have assumed that he has no distinct existence at that time. But this assumption is not necessarily a correct one, for the pointer may have existed in Spain or England under another name, even before that period, as a species of hound, lemur, lurcher, or even a short-haired spaniel. In this case, the name pointer, which was used by the Swedish naturalist Linnaeus, 1707-1778, through 1778, in his classification of animals, Canis avicularis does not necessarily carry with it a lack of early origin. The names of dogs were used interchangeably in early days. The nomenclature was far from uniform and fixed, and the writer is by no means certain that the word spaniel might not at that time have included the dog subsequently known as the pointer, as well as that afterward called the setter. This view finds further confirmation by reference to a work known as The Gentleman's Recreation, published by Nicholas Cox in 1697, in which that author writes of the setter as follows, quote, The dog which you elect for setting must have a perfect and good scent, and be naturally addicted to the hunting of feathers. And this dog may be either land spaniel, water spaniel, or mongrel of them both, either the shallow flued hound, tumbler, lurcher, or small bastard mastiff. End quote. By this it will be seen that the status of the setter itself was not clearly established as late as the year 1700, several of the dogs named above being likewise short haired like the pointer of today. A very ingenious argument has been adduced by certain writers tending to prove that the modern pointer is a descendant of the dog known in English literature as the Brach, which is supposed to have been introduced into England during the Norman invasion in the 11th century, and such may possibly be the case, but the fact has never been sufficiently verified. 
the brock is one of the varieties of pointing dogs used in france and was formerly known under the name with varied orthography in spain portugal italy and germany our american lexographers define brock as a bitch of the hound kind and give shakespeare fifteen sixty four through sixteen sixteen as their authority worcester also gives the definition of a pointer or setting dog and also uses shakespeare as authority for that richardson in his dictionary defines brach to mean a kind of short-tailed setting dog ordinarily spotted or party-colored it must also be borne in mind that the word hound which is given as one of the earliest varieties of dogs signifies simply a dog in anglo-saxon or old english and also in german so that one of the varieties of hounds existing so early in england may have been the brach or pointing bird dog and it is just possible that the spanish pointer or braco may have been crossed with the english varieties of the brach family to produce certain strains of the modern pointer aldrovandus a celebrated italian naturalist of the sixteenth century gives the colors of the brach as black white and fulvous or brownish yellow the color similar to that of the spotted lynx ticks being most sought after as appears in the dalmatian pointer or coach dog and so often in popular strains of the modern pointer a french encyclopedia also gives the following definition of the brock Quote, the brock or pointing dog is ordinarily of a white color ticked with liver or black his ears are long and pendant and his muzzle somewhat large and long sir walter scott seventeen seventy one through eighteen thirty two in several of his works makes reference to the brock in his description of hunting scenes so that in view of all the facts it is not beyond the realm of reasonable conjecture that a short-haired pointing dog closely resembling the modern pointer in form and color existed in england prior to the advent of the spanish pointer and may have been utilized in the breeding development of our present excellent varieties of the pointer family in this connection it may prove interesting to the reader to consider the question of the comparative antiquity of the setter and the pointer in touching upon this subject it must be remarked that much discussion has taken place among sportsmen regarding the question of origin and antiquity of these two valuable breeds some writers have firmly maintained that the setter is clearly indebted to the pointer for his existence as such while others have with equal force of logic and skill of rhetoric maintained the exact opposite to be the case these discussions have usually been carried on by the respective friends of each breed often time with considerable virulence the writer being a firm friend of both these noble varieties of dogs will endeavor to present the question in as clear and impartial a manner as possible all recognized authorities on the dog unite in ascribing an early existence to that one known as the spaniel they also agree in the opinion that the name was conferred upon this variety because it originated in spain from whence it was brought into great britain the exact date of the importation of the spaniel is not known nor do we know what his appearance and character were at the time 
he may have been a short-haired dog when first introduced into england and the climate may have subsequently induced the growth of his protective coat or he may have originally been a long-haired dog dr caius classified them into land and water spaniels and says of them whether used for the hawk the net the falcon pheasant or partridge quote, the common sort of people call them by one general word namely spaniels as though these kind of dogs came originally and first of all out of spain however that may be there is little question that the spaniel is one of the immediate ancestors of the dog now known as the setter this name was early given to him because he had been trained to crawl cautiously upon the birds and when he had gotten near enough to locate them to set or crouch permitting his owner to draw a net over him and the birds as well this was done as early as 1576 when dr john Keynes wrote and is clearly described in his book to which reference has previously been made gervais markham the author of hunger's prevention or the art of fowling which was published in 1655 under the heading what a setting dog is says quote, you shall then understand that a setting dog is a certain lusty land spaniel taught by nature to hunt the partridges before and more than any other class whatsoever when he is come even to the very place where his prey is and hath as it were his nose over it so that it seems he may take it up at his own pleasure yet is his temperance and obedience so made and framed by art that presently even on a sudden he either stands still or falls down flat upon his belly without daring once to open his mouth or make any noise or motion at all till that his master come unto him and then proceeds in all things according to his directions and commandments in further confirmation of the fact that the original setter was a spaniel mr daniel in his rural sports has preserved a document dated in the year sixteen eighty five in which one john harris agrees for the consideration of ten shillings to quote, well and sufficiently maintain and keep a spaniel bitch named quand and fully and effectually train up and teach the said bitch to sit partridges pheasants and other game as well and exactly as the best sitting dogs usually set the same End quote. The first recorded importation of a Spanish pointer, who is fully described in a subsequent chapter into Great Britain, was about the year 1600. At that time, the setting dog, as we have seen, might have belonged to several different breeds. Shooting with firearms came into common practice among the gentry about the same period and seemed to call the pointer into use as a dog who would indicate the place where the birds lay while standing erect instead of crouching as the setting dog did. For a long time, therefore, the pointing dog was the fashion among sportsmen and the setting dog fell into disuse. After a while, however, sportsmen began to use the setting spaniel to shoot over notwithstanding his sudden drop and point made it difficult to see him in cover turnips wheat standing clover furs or ling a little later still we find the setter dog standing up to his work like the pointer by what process this result was accomplished whether by the gradual education and development of the setting spaniel or by a pointer cross is a question that has never yet been finally settled 
doubtless there may have been early strains of setters that were kept comparatively free from alien blood in the gradual process of development from the setting spaniel on the other hand there is most excellent authority for believing that many strains were greatly aided and improved by the introduction of pointer blood on this point it will be well probably to quote a few authorities as many lovers of the setter strenuously adhere to the belief that the dog is purely an original one with no pointer or other alien blood in his veins the author of the sportsman's cabinet published in eighteen o three makes the following broad assertion quote, the dog passing under this denomination setter is a species of pointer originally produced by a commixture between spanish pointer and the larger breed of english spaniel mr william lort one of the prominent breeders of the setter in england and a man of recognized authority on the question under investigation has written as follows quote, as to the origin of the setter i am not so sure of the correctness of my old and valued friend mr h hubert when he says there is no doubt whatever that a true setter is a pure strain of unmixed spaniel blood the only improvement produced in the breed arising from its judicious cultivation etc i am quite sure that years ago say from forty to fifty it was no uncommon thing to get a dip of pointer blood into the best kennels of setters sometimes it answered well and though for a generation or two it diminished the coat not always though at the cost of appearance it fined and strengthened the stern giving life and motion to it and what whether rightly or wrongly in early times was thought as a good deal of it rounded the foot i know how shocked some of our modern breeders will be at the idea of their favorites having in their veins a drop of pointer blood it is well perhaps that it is not generally known how many fashionable strains have been vitiated with much more objectionable blood than that of the pointer i have seen droppers yes and dogs bred from droppers possessing exquisite powers of scent lovely tempers and great pace i think there is reason to believe the spaniel to be the foundation of our present setter as a case showing that it is possible for cross-bred dogs to breed true i know of a black setter bitch three crosses from pointer belonging to robert warner of leicester abbey she was good herself having all the qualities of a pure setter and curiously enough she bred well from either a setter or a pointer mr warner gave his keeper who afterward came into my service a brace of black puppies by a pointer of this bitch they looked all over pointers they worked like pointers they were excellent pointers and were sold when broken at forty guineas a good price in those days i myself had setters from her and they were good setters and showed all setter characteristics End quote. the above explicit statement was made in a letter to mr vero shaw and the latter in his valuable work the book of the dog adds quote, a strong confirmation of mr lort's theory is to be found in the subjoined engravings from a painting by the famous french artist alexander francois de Porte. this great animal painter born in sixteen sixty one and died in seventeen forty three was elected a member of the french royal academy of painting in sixteen ninety nine and of its council in seventeen o four 
for many years he occupied the court position of historiographer of the chase created expressly for him by louis the fourteenth and his pictures which are very numerous can hardly be surpassed for their fidelity to nature the engraving we reproduce from his pencil is entitled dogs and partridges and is valuable as distinctly showing that the pointer had been crossed with the spaniel before and during his time and that the result was a dog very like our modern setter mr shaw on another page of his work also places the seal of his endorsement on the reasonableness of a theory advanced by the well-known writer blaine in regard to the conversion of the ancient spaniel into the modern setter mr blaine's suggestion is that a cross with one of the celeries or swift-footed dogs was resorted to and that the pointer is probably a cross between the spaniel and one or other of the pugnaces mr yonat in his valuable work on the dog also says it was long the fashion to cross and mix them setters with the pointer as further evidence that alien blood may have been used in establishing some strains of setters the following quotation from one of the works of mr talfrey author of the sportsman in france the sportsman in ireland and scotland and the sportsman in canada is given it being his recipe for making a strain of setters Quote, the preliminary step is to put a fine breed and unexceptional pointer bitch to a noted foxhound you will then have laid the foundation of three essential qualities speed nose and courage docility and sagacity are also requisites and to obtain them cross the offspring with the small and slender race of newfoundland dog the produce will be as near perfection as possible they will take to the water retrieve and for general shooting will be found the very best and most useful animal the sportsman can desire the writer does not believe that many breeders were induced to follow the absurd process recommended by mr talfrey but simply presents that gentleman's view as showing the tendency of the time to cross and recross in order to bring the setter up to a certain standard in the light of all this authentic history it is difficult to arrive at any other conclusion than that the modern setter and pointer are both results of judicious selection breeding and crossing the pointer as will be seen later bearing the same relation to the old spanish pointer here and after described as the setter does to the original setting spaniel without doubt other dashes of alien blood have been infused into certain strains of each variety and certain strains may be stronger in spaniel and spaniel blood than others but the fact remains the same that both of these valuable variations of dogs have been built up by scientific crossing this being the case it is neither necessary nor important to inquire into the antiquity of the respective ancestors of each neither can with certainty be accorded precedence in point of age the present dog of either variety breeds true to type reproduces himself in form color qualities and intellectual traits and is none the less valuable in the opinion of the writer because certain judicious drafts have been made on other families of dogs to improve his natural qualities and the better to adapt him to the uses for which he is intended owing to the constant experimentation in the breeding of our canine friends for hundreds of years and even at the present time it would seem absurd to the thinking intelligent reader to claim any breed of dogs as the only great and original creation 
education climate food infusion of new blood domestication which corresponds to civilization in man have done as much for the canine as they have for the human family and it is perhaps well for the whole race of dogs that outside blood has at times been sought for and obtained and the deteriorating effects of too close inbreeding thereby happily averted mr laverack has himself confessed that at one time he lost many of his dogs by too continuously breeding in his strain and he not only admits that he once infused a valuable dash of liver and white blood from the north of england into his kennels but that he made two separate visits to ireland for the purpose of looking up a suitable irish dog to use for a similar purpose the old spanish pointer notwithstanding the uncertainty that exists regarding the time when the spanish pointer was first introduced into england there seems to be a general consensus of opinion that the year sixteen hundred is about the period that marks his advent under that name the dog known as the old spanish pointer was the representative of the type at that time and has been described by sydenham edwards in cynographia britannica eighteen o five as follows Quote, the spanish pointer is a heavy loose-made dog about twenty-two inches high bearing no small resemblance to the slow southern hound head large indented between the eyes lips large and pendulous ears thin loose and hanging down of a moderate length coat short and smooth color dark brown or liver color liver color and white red and white black black and white sometimes tanned about the face and eyes often thickly speckled with small spots on a white ground the tail thin smooth and wiry frequently dew claws upon the hind legs the hind feet often turning a little outward the spanish pointer was introduced into this country by a portuguese merchant at a very modern period and was first used by an old reduced baron of the name of baishel who lived in norfolk who could shoot flying indeed he seems to have lived by his gun as the game he killed was sold in the london market this valuable acquisition from the continent was wholly unknown to our ancestors together with the art of shooting flying but so fond are we become of this most elegant of field sports that we now excel all others in the use of the gun and in the breeding and training of the dog the spanish pointer possesses in a high degree the sense of scenting so that he very rarely or never goes by his game when in pursuit of it requires very little training to make him staunch most of them standing the first time they meet with game it is no uncommon occurrence for puppies of three months old to stand at poultry rabbits or even cats but as they grow old they are apt to get idle and often go over their ground on a trot instead of galloping and from their loose make and slowness of foot when hunted a few seasons soon tire have recourse to cunning and in company let the younger and fleeter dogs beat wide the fields while they do little more than back them or else make false points they then become useless but for hunting singly with a sportsman who is not able or not inclined to follow the faster dogs there are other varieties of the pointer as the russian in size and form like the spanish coat not unlike a drover's dog rough and shaggy rough about the eyes and bearded color like the spanish but often grizzle and white they differ in coat some being more rough than others this is probably a cross between the spanish pointer and the barbette or rough water dog 
He has an excellent nose, is sagacious, tractable, and easily made staunch, endures fatigue tolerably well, takes water readily, and is not incommoded by the most cold and wet weather. End quote. To this description of the Spanish pointer by an early authority may be added that of Mr. Taplin at the opening of the present century. Every fact upon record respecting their appearance in England is that they were, at very early ages, introduced from Spain, and that they were natives of that country from which their name was derived. The pointer of this description is short in the head, broad in the forehead, wide in the nose, expansive in the nostrils, simply solicitous in aspect, heavy in the shoulders, short in the legs, almost circular in the form of the carcass, square upon the back, strong across the loins, and remarkably so in the hindquarters. Although this breed, like the English pointer, by the many collateral aids so much improved, are produced of various colors, yet the bold brown, liver and white, are the most predominant. The pointer we are now treating of, though exceedingly slow, must be generally admitted to be sure, indefatigable and minute in his researches, he is rarely seen to miss his game when game is to be found. When a covey of birds is separated by repeated shots and are afterward found singly, the pointer under description has opportunity to display his best ability in most industriously recovering these scattered birds, the major part of which, if accompanied by a good shot, are generally picked up to a certainty. To the recovery of winged birds, the patient perseverance of this dog is peculiarly adapted, and for the sport of snipe-shooting alone, they are entitled to the preference of every other. The Russian branch of this family of dogs is said to strongly resemble the later Russian setter, and many good authorities consider them almost identical. It is not appropriate here to enter into any extended description of the Russian setter, further than to say that he is considered a very superior dog on game, and that several dashes of his blood have been infused, with benefit, into some strains of our modern setters. The German pointer is a heavy-set, large-boned dog, with prominent flues and considerable throatiness, generally liver or liver and white in color, though not always. He is believed to be particularly strong in the blood of the Spanish pointer, and his slow but sure methods of hunting confirm the belief. He is extensively used in Germany, and as an all-around game dog has few superiors. There are two varieties of this useful dog, the smooth-coated and the rough-coated, the latter probably being akin to the Russian pointer above referred to. With reference to these dogs, we quote the following letter, recently published in the American field and written by a prominent German sportsman. Quote, Our dogs must have a different training from the dog used by sportsmen in England or America. We cannot successfully hunt here with the pointer or setter. We need dogs, gebraschund, adapted to all purposes, a sort of an all-round dog. This rule especially applies to the government forester, who is compelled to be out in the forest every day in the year, and whose dog must not only be insensible, in a high degree, to all temperatures, but must also, in case of need, render assistance to his master against game sneakers, who frequently are a dangerous class of men, and often make a murderous attack on the officer when he interferes with their unlawful pursuits." 
English pointers and setters are the acknowledged champion bird dogs, but very few of them can be trained to retrieve a hare or a fox at a great distance, or to bring a duck out of the cold water and through thick weeds, or to follow the trail of a wounded stag or roebuck. Yet a hunting dog in this country must combine all these qualities. He is expected to have a good nose, to search the field all day in the hot month of August for partridges and make a firm stand when he finds them. He must work in water for ducks in warm or cold weather. He must follow a wounded hare or fox when brought on the trail for miles and retrieve the game the same distance. He must never hesitate to attack and kill a wounded fox, otter, marten, etc., must pull down a wounded roebuck, or if he finds the roebuck or stag dead, commence to bark and continue to do so until his master is at his side. If he follows his master stalking, he must never advance a foot ahead of him, must drop when winked to do so, and remain down until commanded to come, even if his master remains away for hours, and meanwhile has repeatedly fired at game. We have several breeds of dogs the German pointer, German setter, and the rough-coated German pointer, which, if properly trained, will acquire the perfection in question. Of late, the rough-coated pointer, one of which, Rattis, number 3201, German dog register, is one of the most favorite sporting dogs in this country. I herewith furnish you an illustration. Ratiz is owned by Corthals, stands 26 inches at the shoulder, and is bluish-gray mixed with brown. The structure of his body resembles closely the German pointer. His coat of hair resembles that of a griffon. He is the connecting link between these two breeds of dogs, and may have originated from one or the other, or perhaps may be considered a crossbreed of the two. The rough-coated pointer is not equaled by any dog in endurance and his insensibility to changes of temperature. His nose is almost as good as that of the finest English pointer, and his retrieving qualities, his courage, are simply marvelous. Frequently, one of these dogs, when on the trail of a slightly wounded fox, will follow Reynard for miles, kill him, and return with him to his master. He will battle with a wounded otter in the water and either go down with the latter or bring it on land. He will bay a wounded stag and pull him down if he gets the favorable opportunity. He will quietly, with no sign of discomfort, lie down in front of or at the side of his master in snow and await developments. We have two celebrated kennels of rough-coated pointers in this country, the Corthals and the Bontant. The most popular color of the rough-coated pointer is a bluish-gray or faint brown. Light colors are at a discount since the white dog in this country is too good an object to notice for the larger game, and the weeds in the open field are never too high for the gunner to keep his dog constantly in sight. I also enclose a portrait of one of the finest and best short-haired German pointers and the favorite dog of the German emperor. Walden is of the purest blood, with a good pedigree, is brown in color, and was whelped July 26, 1884. His nose is claimed to be equal to that of the best of English thoroughbreds. His figure is almost faultless, and his qualities first class. He, like most German pointers, is less nervous and restless than the English pointers. He is not a one-sided field trial dog, but a dog for all purposes. A Gipper of Schund. 
Walden received his training from one of the best German dog trainers and is exercised continuously in the field or forest and thus is in a uniform good hunting condition. When the partridge season opens and the emperor enters the field near Berlin to enjoy the sport of partridge shooting, Walden is always present and the emperor follows with delight the fine work of this dog. Walden has won twice the first and once the second prize at the German field trials. He has been painted in oil by Sperling, the celebrated German artist, eminent for animal painting, of whose skill the accompanying illustration is only a faint sample. The English Pointer Following close upon the Spanish Pointer appeared the English Pointer, which is generally acknowledged to be the result of a cross, either of the Spanish Pointer and the Southern Hound, or Brock, or of the former and the Foxhound. The burden of authority seems to favor the latter hypothesis. As field sports gradually became popular, and the art of shooting on the wing more generally known, game became somewhat scarcer and more wary, and the old Spanish pointer, with his slow methodical ways and pottering style, came into disfavor. More dash, speed, and range were required, even at the sacrifice of a certain degree of stability and staunchness, and sportsmen began to look around for an infusion of blood that would add the desirable qualities with the least sacrifice of the old and valued traits of character. Sydenham Edwards, speaking of the improved pointer in 1800, thus writes, quote, The sportsman has improved the breed by selecting the lightest and gayest individuals, and by judicious crosses with the foxhound, to procure courage and fleetness. From the great attention thus paid has resulted the present elegant dog, of value and extensive properties, differing much from the original parent, but with some diminution of his instinctive powers. He may thus be described. Light, strong, well-formed, and very active, about twenty-two inches high, head small and straight, lips and ears small, short, and thin, coat short and smooth, commonly spotted or flecked upon a white ground, sometimes wholly white, tail thin and wiry except when crossed with the setter or foxhound then a little brushed this dog possesses great gaiety and courage travels in a grand manner quarters his group with rapidity and scents with acuteness gallops with his haunches rather under him his head and tail up of strength to endure any fatigue and an invincible spirit but with these qualifications he has concomitant disadvantages his high spirit and eagerness for the sport render him intractable and extremely difficult of education. His impatience in company subjects him to a desire to be foremost in the points and not give time for the sportsman to come up, to run in upon his game, particularly downwind. But if these faults can be overcome in training, if he can be made staunch in standing, drawing, and backing, and to stop at the voice or token of the hand, he is highly esteemed, and those who arrive at such perfection in this country bring amazing prices. The most judicious cross appears to have been with the foxhound, and by this has been acquired speed and courage, power and perseverance, and its disadvantage, difficulty of training them to be staunch. I believe the celebrated Colonel Thornton first made this cross, and from his producing excellent dogs it has been very generally followed. 
the foregoing description of the origin of the modern english pointer is confirmed by other early writers and is generally believed to be accurate among the early products of this cross were many dogs possessed of double noses a deep fissure in the centre of the nose completely dividing the nostrils but the superstition that such animals were possessed of keener scenting powers than others has long since passed away and such a manifestation is now considered a great defect that a cross between the spanish pointer and the foxhound was made in france as early as the year seventeen hundred is explicitly proven by another painting by desportes also published in vero shaw's book and made about that period wherein are shown two dogs clearly illustrating the cross of the pointer with the hound besides the foxhound other families of dogs are said to have been drawn upon by early breeders to introduce certain qualities that were esteemed desirable for the purpose of obtaining more speed and lightness of movement the greyhound cross is said to have been resorted to by some breeders although it is difficult to conceive how a dog that hunts by sight instead of scent could greatly improve the breed the bulldog cross is also said to have been employed to give stamina and courage to the product of the greyhound cross but neither of them are believed to have been followed up to any great extent the cross with the foxhound was probably the most effectual and beneficial in its results and such may be considered to have been the foundation of our modern strains of pointers the development of the english pointer when the improved pointer first began to be the fashion in england among sportsmen the duke of kingston had the reputation of possessing one of the finest strains and after his death his dogs were sold for what were considered enormous prices in those days subsequently the breed deteriorated somewhat because of a too rash use of greyhound blood to secure speed and ghastly-looking dogs bore the name of pointers possessing but few of the natural qualities of that noble dog and being defective in pluck vigor and constitution in the early part of the present century mr mattingly in the north of england and mr webb edge as late as eighteen forty five did a great deal for the proper development of the breed mr maynell and mr osbaldiston together with lord derby lord lichfield lord sefton lord stamford sir e antrobus mr whitehouse mr cumberbosch mr derbyshire lord kennedy sir r sutton sir r musgrave mr green r j lloyd price lord berwick and Messrs. pilkington garth brockton and Briarley were also among those to whom the modern lovers of the pointer owe the deepest obligations for their intelligent and judicious efforts in his behalf upon this point the rev thomas pierce under the pseudonym of idstone has published one of the most lucid comprehensive and valuable of our smaller works on the dog remarks as follows quote, as soon as dog shows became general several eminent dogs came to the front the first celebrity being mr newton's ranger a grand liver and white dog of the edge kennel stamp and color when the first trial of dogs in the field took place ranger had lost his pace and the chief distinctions were gained by mr rockton's bounce liver and white for large dogs and by mr garth jill and mr whitehouse's orange and white hamlet for dogs of less size 
amongst other dogs which acquitted themselves well were mr swan's peter a white dog of exquisite form with liver head and liver and white ears and mr peter jones's brag hamlet subsequently gained great and deserved popularity by winning the bala sweepstakes of twenty-five guineas each against any dog that could be brought against him although from a mistake of the judge in counting his marks much unpleasantness ensued the real winner being the marquise of huntley's young kent according to the rules laid down this celebrated dog hamlet has been one of the most successful dogs of the day numbers of his offspring combining first-class form with excellent stamina and nose mr whitehouse's rap a dog of the same color excels the old dog in general outline though in style of working hamlet never will be surpassed these orange and whites are closely connected with mr lang's breed bob the father of hamlet having been the property of mr gilbert who had the mother from mr lang the following are the best specimens which have been exhibited of late years bounce the property of mr w r brockton farndon near newark peter mr s swan of lincoln don the property of mr derbyshire pandiferin conway silk the property of r garth esq q c wimbledon hamlet rap and nina the property of mr whitehouse ipsley court warwickshire sancho and chang mr francis of exeter mr richard hemmington's flake and mr lloyd price of bala possesses lady alice the general and many more while mr antrobus mr cumberbach mr h meer of turnstall mr halford and many others are celebrated for their breed of pointers for many years devonshire has been the great home of the pointer in england mr francis of exeter and mr sam price of devon being especially successful in producing some fine representatives of the breed one of the best dogs bred by the latter gentleman afterwards owned by r j lloyd price was champion wag by champion sancho out of sappho whelped in march eighteen seventy one he was liver and white in color weighed sixty-five pounds and made a great record both at the field trials and on the bench many of our best american dogs were also bred by mr price and deservedly assumed a high place in this country another great dog in england was sir r garth's drake who was purchased after the death of that gentleman for one hundred and fifty guineas and died april twenty second eighteen seventy seven he was by rap out of doll rap by mr cumberbosch's don and lord litchfield's jilt and doll by mr newton's champion ranger and might representing lord derby's kennels drake was a fine upstanding liver and white dog two feet and one inch at the shoulder three feet from nose to root of tail and weighing about sixty-five pounds his winnings on the bench and especially at the field trials have seldom if ever been equaled and his record as a producer of winners stands almost unrivalled he was the sire of dandy drake beau mallard romp lucky sixpence gypsy yellow drake luck of edenhall tick lord drown's bang drake two mars grace jill bounce lord derby's drake and duchess lord litchfield's daisy barclay field's riot mr price's rose 
garth's might too and many other field trial and bench show winners he was also the grandsire of mr field's drake and pride and of mr pilkington's garnet and faust the latter being imported to this country at a cost of two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars and becoming one of our most valuable dogs and a most excellent and prepotent sire another prominent pointer in england was r j lloyd price's bell a handsome liver and white bitch bred in eighteen seventy by lord henry bentinch out of grouse by his ranger this bitch weighed fifty-five pounds stood twenty-four inches at the shoulder and measured three feet two and three-quarters inches from nose to root of tail her reputation is based chiefly on her field trial performances which is very much to her credit and having been very successful in competition with the setters it may prove interesting to give a portion of her record which is as follows county stakes for all age bitches at Vaynal field trials eighteen seventy two and with judy the banger stakes for pointer braces at the same meeting county stakes for all aged pointer bitches at the national pointer and setter field trials held at cumbermeal shrewsbury april twenty ninth eighteen seventy three and with her daughter grecian bend the acton reynold stakes for pointer braces at the same meeting also at the grouse field trials eighteen seventy three she won second with roman fall her son in the penlian stakes for braces august thirteenth and first in the rowless stakes for all age pointers and setters august sixteenth beating mr mcdonough's ranger mr llewellyn's countess and flax mr statter's rob roy and other celebrated animals after which performance she was withdrawn from public competition and used for breeding purposes only at the Vainall trials in eighteen seventy two this wonderful bitch made a perfect score of one hundred points on the following basis of work nose thirty pace and style of hunting twenty breaking twenty style and steadiness in pointing fifteen backing ten drawing on game or roading five total one hundred bell was rather too light in muzzle and head to suit many of our modern critics and lacked heaviness of bone and a certain coarseness which many later favorites have possessed but she represented a very successful type and weight of dog of which we have ourselves owned and shot over many grand specimens it is a question whether a resort to her type might not do away with much of the pottering and heel work in which many of the present field trial dogs are so expert what the pointer needs is more dash vim energy love of his work and less lumber to carry with him he needs lengthening out and narrowing and less stockiness and bulkiness of form the fact has long ago been demonstrated that the long narrow deep-chested dog well ribbed behind and properly set on his legs with a correspondingly rakish head is the proper type of dog to breed for speed and endurance combined field qualities much has been written concerning the field qualities of the pointer especially when compared with the setter but general public sentiment seems to have accorded to him a place by no means inferior to that of any breed of sporting dogs there is no question that for all the purposes to which a dog hunting to a gun can be employed the pointer has no superior 
his excellent nose his great staunchness his power of endurance his ability to go without water for a long time strongly recommend his use for general shooting while it may be true that his coat does not so well adapt him for constant use in briery thickets and rough mountainous countries yet per contra this very shortness of coat constitutes his strongest recommendation in warm climates for summer shooting or in open sections of country where cockle burrs sand fleas nettles and other pests which annoy the long-haired dog most abound on this point forrester in his field sports says the pointer's skin becomes infinitely tender and his whole frame more delicate and fine drawn by high breeding but so much does he gain thereby in pluck and courage that i have seen pure-blood dogs of this strain tearing away through catbriar brakes literally bleeding at every pore and whimpering with pain while great coarse-bred hairy brutes of six times their apparent power of frame and capacities of endurance slunk away like curs as they were unable to face the thorns it is also true that the pointer's feet are not so well padded as the setter's but nature seems to have provided for that by increasing the thickness and toughness of the flesh and skin of the foot enabling it to stand a great amount of work before becoming tender it must also be remembered that the round compact foot of the well-bred pointer is inherently stronger and more enduring than the weak and loosely constructed hare foot of many strains of setters besides the pointer has inherited the foot of the foxhound which for a hundred years or more has been cultivated and developed to withstand hard usage and constant wear in the field trials of eighteen eighty nine held in ireland under the auspices of the irish setter club and on the roughest of moors and heathery mountainsides the pointer bitches perdita and mopsa and devonshire lady and sal carried off the first and second prizes in the brace stakes and mopsa and champion cup valued at twenty guineas over some of the best irish and english setters in ireland this also during stormy raw and most disagreeable weather devonshire sal also won the final stake in the derby for both pointers and setters so far as the field trials are concerned the pointer has not as a general rule been as successful as the english setter because one he has not been entered in equal numbers and two so much time and money have not been expended in his development and three because as a rule he does not start off to his work with the snap and dash of the setter is not at first so wide and extensive in his range and is often beaten before he has really gotten to work by his more showy and dashing competitor so long as field trials are conducted under artificial rules thoroughly at variance with practical and continued work and so long as the tendency to run fast from the word go is considered the point of highest excellence the pointer may preferably be kept in the background for the use of those gentlemen who are not born with wings who do not hunt on horseback and who require a careful moderately fast dog possessed of excellent nose thoroughly staunch and capable of doing a whole day's work or more without tiring it is generally admitted that the pointer is more naturally inclined to point and at an earlier age than the setter that he is more easily broken more obedient retains his training longer and endures punishment with greater fortitude than the setter 
it is also our observation and experience that the pointer is fully as fond of the water as the setter and can be as easily trained to enter it for retrieving purposes many instances have been related illustrating the remarkable staunchness of the pointer pluto and juno pointers owned by colonel thornton an early sportsman of england are said to have held a point for one hour and a quarter while being sketched by mr gilpin by whom they were afterwards painted for their owner idstone tells us of other pointers that did not break their point for five and twelve hours respectively and also relates the case of another pointer who in eighteen fourteen was frozen to death while on point quoting as authority a relative of his own who claims to have witnessed the fact while journeying from leicester to oxford during the memorable frost of that year with regard to the field qualities of the modern pointer a great deal of nonsense has been written by men who ought to have known better frank forrester has been the means of handing down a great many fallacies promulgated by early writers and has himself given utterance to views regarding the pointer which are as absurd as they are fanciful and unreal the fact is that a great deal that has been written nowadays concerning both the setter and the pointer is but the echo of ancient fallacies espoused by early writers who knew nothing of the modern dog and whose opinions are unsubstantiated by practical experience for instance dr e j lewis who edited an american edition of yonat on the dog in eighteen sixty three says Quote, the pointer displays but little fondness for those by whom he is surrounded and hunts equally as well for a stranger as for his master when the fact is that the exact contrary is true in both instances as to average specimens of the breed the writer has never owned more affectionate and faithful canine friends than his pointers and none that were more loyal to him more averse to making new acquaintances or to working for strangers he is further constrained to say that some of the best dogs he ever owned or saw in the field were pointers and he has never been called upon to admit the inferiority of the pointer in any kind of shooting in which it gives a gentleman pleasure to indulge whether in winter or summer the dog has been bred for many generations in the south and in antebellum days was recognized as the genuine canine aristocrat of that section frank forrester admits that more of the blood of the old spanish pointer is to be found in the dog commonly used in this country than in the english breed and it is largely to that fact that the special excellencies of many of our native strains are to be ascribed the fine field qualities of the pointer cannot be better or more fittingly described than in the following eloquent language of idstone Quote, he is the model of beauty worthy of the capital material from which he has descended he is to be found now in every kennel of mark with all the attributes and properties of the highest class and with intelligence and observation deserving the name of reason his airy gallop his lashing stern his fine range his magnificent dead stop on game his rapid turn to catch the wind of the body scent his perseverance under the trying sun to reach a faint and hardly perceptible stain of game borne to him on the breeze his glorious attitude as he becomes directly his widespread nostrils assure him he is right stiff and motionless with limbs widespread head aloft stern held high and his implicit obedience to the lessons he learnt 
perhaps two or three seasons past all these wonderful gifts put him on a level with that paragon of hounds with which he claims relationship and such is the pointer of the present day as he is to be found in the kennels of mr whitehouse of ipsy court in warwickshire of lord lichfield mr garth mr vernon derbyshire or mr brockton of ferndon a better dog than those whose bounce i never saw on game end of section five the pointer part one